Blog Talk Radio. We're here, God, because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything.
another edition of Prayer International Radio. My name is Chris Herzog, and I'll be your host tonight. Just taking some time to worship God. You know, that was uh, some songs off the Christ for the Nation soundtrack. Um, Actually, I think that was called My Beloved. So we're going to continue to worship a little bit tonight and just uh, create an atmosphere of praise, an atmosphere for miracles, an atmosphere of peace, that you can experience God's peace. If you're troubled, you know, God says he is an ever-present help in time of need. And whatever you're in need of in this season of your life, just begin to reach out to God. Just begin to reach out. Call upon the name of the Lord and be saved. Call upon the name of the Lord and he will draw near to those that are calling. See, he promises if you draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. And unfortunately, many of us that have experienced different things in our journey uh, for Christianity have tasted a lot of religion and tradition of men and just things that God is not even involved in. And it was done in the name of Christianity. And so maybe certain things on your journey have put a bad taste in your mouth or have caused you to look at 
you know, even going to church or organized religion or certain aspects of the Christian faith, and you're just not sure about things, or you've completely rejected it because of hypocrisy or different things that you see in people's lives. Let me say this. Do not equate God. Do not equate Jesus Christ or the living God or the Holy Spirit to what you always see in men, in people, in organized religion, or in a lot of things that label themselves with a Christian name or Christian label. It may not be really of God. It may not really be by His Spirit. And, you know, this has been an issue that happened all the way back, you know, in ancient times, 6,000 plus years ago, all the way up to this present day that we live in. You know, even God himself said, many will come to me on that day and say, Lord, look what we did in your name. And God will say to them, and God says in his word, I will say to them, depart from me, leave from me, for I never knew you. So, check your motives. Check the Word of God. Make sure whatever you're doing in the name of Christ, you're doing it with the right motives for the right reasons. Is it to truly glorify the King of Kings? Is it because you really feel in your heart God wants you to do that thing that you're doing? Are you doing it to to have man pat you on the back or are you doing it because you want to be a, a pleasing vessel of the Lord, an honorable vessel of God. You know, many times in ministry, we have to check our own hearts. I have to check my own heart and make sure that everything that I do is for the right reason. Make sure everything that I speak is because I believe it's what the Lord would have me to say. Make sure whatever I do in word or deed has God's blessing on it. And not every single moment of my life does everything that I do have God's blessing on it. It's important to realize that, that not everything that you do in your life has God's blessing on it. And that's why God said, examine yourself. Examine yourself. We're to examine ourselves to check our own hearts, to check our own ways and make sure that we're doing things with the right motives, with the right heart, with the right agenda. And that's why Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and then all these other things will be added. God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him, not their plan. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is death. But see if we trust in the Lord with all our heart. You know, Sean talked about trusting God last night. If we trust in the Lord with all our heart, and we stop our own thinking and our own perspective and our own what we feel about this person or that person or this thing or that thing, and we begin to look into what God is saying, and we begin to lean on His understanding. 
Yeah, how can you truly trust God if you don't understand what God understands? If you're not looking to his understanding. See, if you're still trusting in religion and religion fails you, you don't have a lack of trust with God. If you're trusting in a theology or a set of doctrinal beliefs or one certain topic of the Bible that you've built an altar to or built a whole denomination off of or even just built whatever off of, and all of a sudden that topic or that way that you've looked at something all your life all of a sudden changes or you, you find there's a loophole in it that you've equated that to God, all of a sudden you can lose your faith in God because of believing and trusting in what a man says, believing and trusting what a church or a denomination says, rather than believing and trusting in what the word of the Lord says and what the Spirit of God is speaking in that moment for that hour. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. We need to come to a place where we trust in God, not in man, in God. And the only way you're going to do that is to have God's perspective, God's understanding on some things. And the only way you're going to understand the way God feels about things, the way God thinks about things, the way God wants to do things and the way God wants you to do things is by connecting with him by spending time with him, by listening to him, lead you in the way that you should go, lead you in the way that you should walk in, because, see, the Lord will direct your paths. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your paths. There's hundreds of teachings we could do on that three verses. Those three verses, we could actually teach probably a hundred different things. Or I could sometime. Maybe we'll just do that. We'll take a whole month and we'll teach that scripture and we'll see where it applies to every aspect of our Christian walk. Everything. From your healing to your prosperity to your trusting God to your Christian relationships to your hearing God, whatever it is. That scripture is a foundational scripture. But it's about leaning on the understanding so that you can begin to trust him. Because if you can't trust anyone in this world, if you can't trust their advice, if you can't trust when they got your back, then what? And I'm here to tell you God will not leave you or forsake you. His advice is not bad advice. When God counsels you, And God begins to give his wisdom in a situation. It's not bad wisdom. It's not bad advice. It's not going to fall short. See, the problem is, is a lot of times we take men's instructions, a church's instructions, a a group's instructions, and it's not necessarily what God's instructions for us are at that season, in that moment. It's just some religious jargon, verbiage. Our friend Dwight likes to say verbiage. All right? And it's 
you know, we can quote scriptures and we need to. And confession and meditation and, and memorization, all that's good. It's healthy to grow you up in your things in God and grow you up in the spirit. But, you know, if that's all you got is a bunch of scripture memorized. And all you got is a good Sunday school lesson. All you have is uh, three points in a poem or, or a book you've been working on that's just eloquently put together. Let me tell you something. We're talking about the living God. And we don't reduce him to a Sunday school lesson or a sermon. Although we love Sunday school and love to hear a good sermon. We don't reduce Christ to that. Those are just tools. It's not the end of the means. It's not the treasure that we're seeking. Just a thought about Jesus. Oh, I have this wonderful thought about Jesus. I have a wonderful thought about heaven. I have a, a, a wonderful thought about salvation. No, you need to have an encounter with the living God and be born again by the Spirit. And His Spirit needs to take up residency inside of you. His Spirit needs to live in you. And old things, at that moment, old things are passed away. All things have become new. Does that mean we still have behavior and, and condition to deal with in a, in a process of working things out? So you got to remember we're in a flesh body, but we, we're spirit beings created for spirit things. You're a kingdom being created for kingdom principles, kingdom purposes. See, you're you're in this world, but you're of another world. It's it's like being in from one country and being in another. There's different rules that apply. But I'm here to tell you that God desires for His kingdom to be established here on earth, as it is in heaven. And as His ambassadors, as His people, as His warriors, His army begins to take ground and begins to occupy on the earth. And as we begin to worship and, and his Holy Spirit begins to inhabit the praise of his people and he begins to fill the earth with his glory, then all of a sudden the hearts of kings, the hearts of people, the hearts of leaders, the hearts of those that even are running nations will begin to turn and change whether God has to come and shake them violently because of their pride and humble them or whether they humble themselves and come willingly because God grants them the, the gift of repentance. But nevertheless, God will have his government. God will have his kingdom. God will have his ways here on the earth. And then at some point he will wipe out the earth and he will create a new heaven and a new earth. Roll them up like a vesture. Roll them up like a garment. Say, I'm through with you. I'm through with this. Time for something new. Can you imagine that? What, what are you going to do when God rolls up your plans and your purposes and says, okay? He says, okay. This is enough. Enough is enough. My will be done. My kingdom come. All of a sudden, 
your plans start to fall to the ground. The things that you built up, your little sandcastles, your little kingdoms, your little agendas. All of a sudden you find out what's really built on the solid rock of Jesus Christ and what's really built on sinking sand. See, God promises there's going to be fire and some of us will build with wood, hay, and stubble and some will build with gold and silver and precious stones. But when the fire comes and burns it up, what's going to stand? What's going to remain? I'll tell you one thing. The word of the Lord. The word of the Lord. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. God's word is settled in heaven. That means it's settled. Do you know why there's such an upheaval everywhere? Do you know why in so many people there's so much torment and chaos and confusion going on and they're unsettled? Because they don't have the living word of God on the inside of them, settling them into the things of God that are already settled. See, if your foundation is on a firm, solid foundation that cannot be shaken unless the Lord says, I want to shake this. But see, if you're listening to God and if you're putting your trust in him and you're following him and his ways, then when things begin to shake around you, he says, though 10,000 fall at your right hand, it will not come near you. It will not come near your dwelling. Why? Blessed is he who puts his trust in the Lord. Blessed is he who makes the Lord God of Israel his help. From where does my help come from? Some trust in chariots, some trust in the horses. But we shall remember the name of the Lord our God. Where are you in the scheme of things? Where are you putting your trust? Who are you putting your hope in? See, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And maybe you've listened to a lot of people promise you this and promise you that and promise you this, and they're not they're not making good on it. It's not happening. Well, let me tell you something. Cursed is he that trusteth in man. But blessed is he who puts his trust in the Lord. God is not a man that he should lie. There's the first problem right there. If you're dealing with people, just know. People are people, and they're not the Lord. So put your trust in God, even in your religious circles. Did you know we constantly pray, Lord, make us like Jesus. Oh, God, please make me like Jesus. Oh, Lord, I want to be like Jesus. Let's think about this for a minute. Do you really want to be in a place of glory and then have to be confined to the rudiments of the world? Do you really want to have to run for your life as a child and then be raised up? For 30 years only to sit and have to hold your tongue knowing that you're the son of God, knowing that you're the king of kings and lord of lords, but your time hasn't come yet for you to open your mouth. So you have to just bite your tongue and hold it. And then at 30 years old, your closest group of people are a bunch of cussing fishermen and sailors and prostitutes and people that on your best day, you wouldn't really go hang out in church with. 
and yet the people in the church that you go to throw you out of the temple because they can't stand you because they don't understand and they won't have anything to do with you. And then after three years of developing these wonderful relationships, except for one of them, wasn't that great, with Judas, the, the traitor, the thief. But here Jesus developed these deep, close, intimate relationships with these men and these people and his mother and these women and these people that followed him. And then all of a sudden, in the worst day of his life, they all forsook him. They all scattered. And where were they? His closest friends betrayed him. And the people that he loved so much nailed him to the cross. And if that wasn't enough, he had to go to hell for three days? Let me tell you something. Do you really want to spend your life running and having God hide you in every situation and have God sustain you in every situation only to have your closest friends and family turn you in, trade you, and forsake you? And as if death wasn't enough, they didn't have to go to hell for three days. Listen, and then come out on the other side of it, resurrected with glory. Listen, if you're going to pray to have the life of Christ and to partake in the sufferings of Christ and to ask to be like Christ, then understand what you're praying. Understand what you're asking. Understand that if somebody sold you on this Christian walk and said, Oh, brother. Oh, sister, just pray this little prayer, and your whole life is going to change, and you'll never have another problem again because you're going to be a Christian now. Can I just say you got duped? (laughs) You got lied to by religion. You got lied to by emotionalism. And the Christian walk is the walk of be ye a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. For this is your reasonable act of worship. This is your reasonable service. Take up your cross and follow him. And if any man deny me, I will deny him. But if he confess me, I will confess him before my Father in heaven. Follow after that in the spirit and not in the flesh. Renew your mind and have a spiritual mind, not a carnal mind, because the carnal mind is enmity with God, but the spiritual mind is life and peace. And if you reap corruption, it's because you've sown to the flesh. And if you reap eternal life, it's because you've sown your life to the spirit of the living God and committed yourself unto God by the blood of the Lamb. And that's the only way you're going to overcome is by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And listen, if you think religion and and good old dashboard Jesus, happy Jesus, oh, even dudes, we're in a war, people. We're part of the army of God. We've got an enemy that hates our guts, and he wants nothing more to steal, kill, and destroy your life, and he does not care about you whatsoever. And we are in a war, and we've got a general, we've got a commander-in-chief, we've got a Holy Spirit trying to lead us and guide us into safe places, into safe pasture, into those places that God's prepared for us. Listen, you better get to know your God. You better get to know the voice of God. You better get to know the people that God has called you to and not forsake them, not offend them, not do wrong to them, because there's certain men and women out there that God has called 
you in the covenant relationship with, and you may not like what they look like. You may not like where they live. You may not like the way they smell. You may not like the way they act sometimes, but those people that God has called you into a covenant relationships with will be the very people that feed you when you're going through the desert and the very people that, that house you and, and give you a job when you need one and, and pray for you when you need it and lift you up when you're downcast. And you may not understand it all. But God has ordained his people to come together like a body, like living stones. See, but we're just so busy because all of, all of the polished stones don't want to hang out with the unpolished stones. But you know what? God says, I'm going to raise up beauty for ashes. I'm going to take something horrible and make something beautiful out of it. And sometimes that kills our pride and our religion because we want to be like the good son. Remember there's a prodigal son who squandered his father's substance? And then there was a, we'll call him the older brother, not necessarily the good son, because you know what? He was the one that ended up breaking his father's heart at the end because he didn't have the right attitude. He was so selfish and so concerned that he thought he accomplished something and he was so much better than the other brother that he didn't understand this lesson of compassion, this lesson of mercy, this lesson of love that the father was trying to bestow and show, not only to the younger son, but explain it and show it to the older son who never even caught it. And Jesus said, look, if you've been forgiven much, you'll forgive much. If you've been loved much, you'll love much. The people that are, are, are whole and healthy, they don't need a doctor. The people that are righteous, and they're all good. They don't need a Savior. But Jesus called the lost to came to call the lost to repentance. And I'm here to tell you the kingdom of God is near. And God is calling for repentance. Turn your heart to Jesus. I mean, really, have the last 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years of your life doing it your way, going through the grind, beating your head against the wall, wondering is there more than this? And this is horrible, and I can't believe Listen, has it really been worth it? Is your pride that good? Are you that smart that you can't try to do it God's way? It's funny that we actually think we're smarter than God, isn't it? Even in our religion, in our theology, in our even in our churches, we got we got this whole thing figured out, and we've got it all wrapped up neatly in a 27-volume commentary and a couple concordances and our Hebrew-Greek lexicon, and by golly, we got it figured out. But I'm here to say, no, you don't. I don't. I don't have it figured out. You don't have it figured out. Because, see, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and God does whatever he pleases. And he says, it's the traditions of men that make my word of none effect. Don't add to or take away from my word. Don't sit there and tell God what his word means. See, God is the one declaring what his word means. God is the one defining your life with his words. And he's given you the power to begin to either line up with his words and allow his plan and his purposes to come to pass in your life as a blessing or you can go against the plans and purposes of God and begin to declare and decree your own thing 
and be in consternation and then striving and then struggle and in opposition with the kingdom of God. And God says he'll just have to crush the man or crush the woman that, that defies him. Because, see, he wants a broken and contrite heart. He wants a humble spirit. And pride comes before the fall in all of our lives. The minute we think we got something better than God, the minute we think we're God, guess what? I saw Satan fall like lightning. You know why that's in the Bible? I saw Satan fall like lightning. Because Satan got so prideful and so big-headed, and he went ahead and took a third of the angels with him. He actually duped them too. And God said, to hell with all of you. <laughs> yeah, that's what God said. I mean, don't don't get mad at me if that offends you. Look in your, read your Bible. It's right there, 66 books full of it. From Genesis to Revelation, I'm, this isn't the gospel of Christ. I'm just, I'm just sharing my heart about what the Word of God says. It's right there. Check it out. God said to Satan and to the third of the angels that went with him, he said, to hell with all of you. And some people might find that offensive. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Yeah, he's made a way. He's made a way by his blood. He's, he's, he's made a way by the blood of Jesus to open up access to the throne room of God. If you'd come in by faith and you'd lay aside every weight and sin that easily besets you and you'd repent of your sins and, and come walking in the spirit of God. Yes, God has made a way and God does love you. God wishes that none perish but often repentance. God hates it when the sinner doesn't repent. God hates it when the wicked doesn't turn his way. Trust me, it breaks his heart. It breaks his heart. I mean, how many of you, mothers and fathers, when you have children that don't obey you and they get in trouble as a result of it, does it break your heart? Does it hurt you on some kind of level? Well, listen, God God gets hurt. God gets offended. God gets grieved for his children constantly. And he's just wanting his sons and daughters. You see, here he comes to earth. He's he's smitten, beaten, suffered, dies, buried, raises again, ascends into heaven. And we don't even esteem him. Half of us don't even acknowledge it on this earth. We don't even give a rip. Even in our Christianity, we... We go get our ticket for our fire insurance when we're little or, or whatever time time we did because uh, the preacher tells us to. And then half the time, not one other prayer is ever prayed. For some people, they never even cracked the spine of a Bible just even to dig to find out any more about God. And we have every opportunity in America. On every single corner, there's a church. On every other channel, there's a broadcast. On every other... Internet radio station, there's somebody preaching something. And you know, God is trying to make himself known through every means possible. Because he wants you to know him. 
And if you know him, he wants you to share him with those that don't. And if you know him, he wants you to just do what he says. Because he's got amazing things for you. He's got amazing grace for you. He's got amazing experiences that he wants you to encounter with him. He says, they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Well, are you weary? If you're weary, get to know God a little bit better. If you're weary, press in a little harder. He says, if you come near me, I'll come near you. So just invite him. Ask him. Call on him. Cry out to him. Whatever you do, pray to him. Praise to him. Worship him. Declare his glory. Whatever you do, just reach. Reach for him.
All right, glory to God, we're back. And that was actually a church that's local here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area named Convergence Church. Uh, it used to be called James Avenue in the Fort Worth area. And their worship band has done a wonderful, wonderful CD called Undone. And really, if you listen to it, you will get Undone. It's really good. So that was called Burn For You. And uh, we just love that one. And so I'm going to start letting you guys know what some of these songs are. I'm not sure how you can get all of them. Most of the time, people just bless us with stuff. And um, I'm sure you can check out certain churches or websites or whatever and order music. Or just listen to it and download it and whatever, and we'll figure it out. But just know that we're giving all the credit to the artists. And if you want to check out their music, check it out. So, all right. Um, we're going to get into Psalm 117. Psalm 117 It's a very, very long psalm few verses, and so have some patience tonight, and we'll try not to get too in-depth and too lengthy, so we're going to do Psalm 117, which is two verses, like I said, get ready to take some notes, because we're going to be a little while, all right, so Psalm 117, and this is the New King James Version. And it's one of my favorites. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Got any Gentiles out there? Actually, I'm Jewish. You'd never figure that out uh, by my last name, Herzog. But, uh, you know, this is for Gentiles. So if you're not Jewish, this is for you. Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you people. Okay, so the second part of verse 1 is for everybody, all you people. For his merciful kindness is great towards us. Is there a time in your life you can think about God's merciful kindness? Is there a time in your life where God's mercy did outweigh what you deserved? Is there a time in your life when God's kindness was so overwhelming in your life that it brought you to repentance? See, it's the goodness of God. It's the kindness of God that leads us to repentance, it's the one thing when you realize how good God is, it makes your heart want to turn. When you have an encounter, when you have a revelation, when you have an experience with the living God by the Holy Spirit, and He sheds light on your darkness, and you realize that, you know, even though I was dead in my trespasses, God still loved me. Even when I didn't even acknowledge Him, He still loved me. And he gave himself for me. You realize that even in your darkest hour, God was pulling for you, calling, reaching, drawing. And Jesus was seated at the right hand of the Father and is seated at the right hand of the Father to this day, declaring, Father, calling out your name if you are his. Know that God desires nobody perish and that everybody comes to repentance. So praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you people. Let his mercy, for his mercy and his merciful kindness is great towards us. And the truth of the Lord endures forever. And we were talking about how everything fades. People fade, but the word of the Lord stands forever. The word of the Lord stands forever.
God's truth. He is truth. Jesus is truth. And everything that comes from him is true. God is truth. And everything that is born of him and comes from him and is rooted in him is true. Just like God is love. That's why when you're rooted and grounded in God, you'll be rooted and grounded in love. It's just it's impossible not to be that way. So the end of this is praise the Lord. I mean, that's a great way to end it, right? Praise the Lord. So that was both verses. And if you didn't catch it the first time, I'll read them again real quick. It's just two. Ready? Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Applaud him, all you people. That was one. Number two. For his mercy and his merciful kindness is great towards us and his truth. The truth of the Lord endures forever. Praise the Lord. That's it. So that was Psalm 117. And we wanted to get into a really good word study in depth Bible teaching tonight. And so there you go. And I hope that edified you. And I hope that you are praising the Lord. See, we want you to praise the Lord, whether you're a Gentile or a Jew, whether you're a Christian or a non-Christian, you need to praise God. Because the Bible says, every knee will bow, every tongue confess to the glory of God the Father, that Jesus Christ is Lord. That means your knee, my knee, and if you're, you know, Chinese or Japanese or anything, you're going to bow your knee to the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it doesn't matter if you're American, if you're Australian, if you're Russian. If you've got anything that ends in an N at the end of your nationality, you're going to bow your knee and confess with your mouth. You're either going to do it on this side of glory or you're going to do it on that one. Now, let me tell you, you better do it on this one. Do it on this one. No matter where you come from, every tribe and every tongue, every kindred of people. So whether you're in the States, you're Western, American, or whether you are adopted an Eastern philosophy because you're on that side of the world. Listen, God is north, south, east, west, up, down, right, left, the fullness, the earth, and its fullness, that means everything. Under heaven, everything in heaven, everything in the earth, everything under the earth will confess Jesus Christ as Lord. And sometimes people get ruffled about that. And so that might even get under your skin a little bit. But you know what? Those are, that's what the Word of God says. And we declare truth. And we declare God, Jesus, the Holy Spirit as truth on this show. We're not here for our own reputation. We're not here for our own name's sake. I'm not here. It doesn't matter if you remember my name. It doesn't. It doesn't matter if you remember Sean's name. It doesn't matter what your name is. It matters what his name is. And it matters that are you confessing his name. It, it, what's going to matter is when he says, do you know me, you can say yes. He says, what's my name? Who am I to you? Who do you say I am? Who am I in your life? That's what matters. And so, hey, we bless you tonight. I bless you tonight in the name of Jesus Christ. 
I speak blessing over your life that everything that the enemy has come in to try to destroy and detour and detract and distract and take away from your life, he came to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm here to tell you that the blood of Jesus Christ is speaking for your life today. Are you going to choose to receive it and believe it? Are you going to choose to apply it to your life and begin to confess the Lord's plan over your life? See, God can turn this thing around. He can flip the script. He can change things and transform things, and all things can truly become new today. If you hear his voice, don't harden your heart, but receive him into your life. And if you're a Christian, receive Jesus into your life, not your denomination, not your Methodist, Baptist, Presbyterian, Pentecostal, Charismatic Assembly of God, whatever you are, hey, we're we're all that too. Believe me, and we bless every denomination on this show. But what matters is, is Jesus Christ your foundation. You're not going to get to heaven being a Baptist because there's some Baptists that don't know Jesus, just like there's Pentecostals that don't know Jesus, just like there's Catholics and Methodists and Oneness and, and Disciples of Christ and Church of Christ and, and probably people that, you know, listen to Prayer International maybe that don't know Jesus. But you know what? It's not Prayer International that's going to save you. It's the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood. And that's the only way you're getting in. That's the only way you're staying in. And that's the only way you're going to finish strong is to overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. So we bless you tonight in the name of Jesus. We bless you and pray for you tonight in Jesus' holy name, declaring God is able to finish what he started in your life. God is greater in you than he that's in the world, and you can be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who loves you. If you will allow God to finish what he starts, allow God's promises to be yes and amen in your life, allow the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead to control your life as you submit to him with humility and the fear of the Lord. And so that's our prayer. That's my prayer, that you'll know him and the power of his resurrection, that you'll know him in truth. You'll know him in a gentle way. You'll know him in a violent way. You'll know him in a truthful way. You'll know him in a peaceful way. But you'll know him in reality whenever you need him, that he will be to you everything you need him. He'll be your wisdom. He'll be your healing. He'll be your strength. He'll be your peace. He will be your joy. He will be your husband. He will be whatever you need him to be if you'll submit your life to him and give your whole self to him. He will be. He says, I am all things to all people. And that's who Jesus Christ is. Is he that, is he that in your life? Who, who do you say that he is? Who do you say that he is? That's what he asked Peter. And I believe that's the same question he asks every man and every woman, every child, every teenager today. Who do you say is Jesus Christ in your life? Praise God. Listen, we're going to break for some prayer. We're going to break for some praise. Giving glory and honor to Jesus Christ. 
giving glory and honor. Who do you say that Jesus is?
Praise God, you're back. And it's taking a little time. You know that song was None But Jesus. For those of you that listen to us from Australia, I know we got a few. Uh, that was your, basically your worship team. Uh, Hillsong Church. I'm doing a song called None But Jesus. And you know, that's what we're talking about. None But Jesus. Look, there's nothing you can do to get God's approval. Okay, there's nothing you can do to earn your own healing. There's nothing you can do to get into heaven. There's nothing you can do to give you access to the presence of God. It's by the blood of Jesus, period. By the blood of Jesus. That's how you come in to God. That's how you stay there. That's how you finish strong. So we're going to get into Psalm 17. Earlier we did Psalm 117, 117, okay? We're going to get into Psalm 17, 17, so there's no confusion. I just want to make sure everybody knows where we're at. So if you're just tuning in, we're right. Go to the middle of your Bible, Old Testament, Book of Psalms, or if you've got Bible Gateway, Bible Blue Letter Bible, just go there, Psalm 17. All right. It says, verse 1, Hear a just cause, O Lord, and attend to my cry. Give ear to my prayer, which is not from deceitful lips. You see, motive and the way we come to God has everything to do with the way God responds to us. Notice David said, look, my prayer is not from deceitful lips. I'm not praying with the wrong motive. I'm not trying to deceive your God. I'm not trying to pray my will be done, but he, he went to God with, like he says in verse 1, a just cause. Here, a just cause, O Lord, attend to my cry. When we come to God, we need to make sure that what we're praying is even just. Make sure what we're praying even is from the right motives. But we also have to pray with confidence. Attend unto my cry and give ear to my prayer, which is not from deceitful lips. Verse 2, let my vindication come from your presence. See, that's where we get vindicated, in the presence of the Lord. You may have every finger pointing at you, accusing you of this and accusing you of that. It may come from your own church, your own household, your own job, your own whatever, your own conscience. But God says in his presence he will vindicate. Let your eyes look on the things that are upright. See, even David knew God has an understanding of righteousness. There's something about righteousness that attracts the Lord. Do you know that? There's something about righteousness that attracts the Holy Spirit. Hence his name, Holy Spirit. He's holy. And when you're holy... And you make a, a point to consecrate and sanctify and separate yourself from the things of the world and become holy, set apart unto God. God's attracted to it. Oh, yeah. I can show you countless verses, countless places in the Bible. Now, don't get me wrong. We're not talking about just doing a bunch of good works and your own merits. You've got to have the blood or it doesn't matter. They're just dead works otherwise If they're not motivated by the spirit Verse 3 You have tested my heart You have visited me in the night You have tried me and have found nothing 
I have purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. Okay, four things there. You have tested my heart. Realize God is searching the hearts of men, looking for hearts that are fully as he's testing your heart. He's testing your motives. Two, he visits you in the night. He visits you in the stillness and the quietness. He visits you. He tried David. He found nothing. Make sure when God tries you, keep your heart upright before the Lord continually, daily, constantly. Go before the Lord. Search your heart. Make things right so that you're always at peace with God. And then purpose in your heart that your mouth will not transgress against the Lord. Purpose. My mouth shall not transgress. That's what David did. That's what we have to do. I have to do it. My wife has to do it. You have to do it. David had to do it. And even Jesus knew when to keep his peace and hold his mouth. Verse 4, concerning the works of men, by the word of your lips, I have kept away from the paths of the destroyers. He says, this is concerning the works of men. But then he says, look, it's by the word of your lips. It's not about the works of men. Try and test the works of men all day long. But everything is by the word of your mouth. And that's how we keep away from the path of the destroyer. Uphold my steps in your path, that my footsteps would not slip. The only way you're not going to stumble and fall is by letting the word of the Lord uphold you. I have called upon you, for you will hear me, O God. Incline your ear to me. Hear my speech. Show your marvelous loving kindness by your right hand. O you who save those who trust in you. Do you hear that? Are you trusting in the Lord? God saves those who trust in him. Are you trusting in him? From those who rise up against them, keep me as the apple of your eye. Are you the apple of God's eye? Are you the center part, part, fixed part, the center fixed part where God's eye is constantly looking? Make sure. Keep me as the apple of your eye. Hide me under the shadow of your wings, verse 8. Are you hiding under the shadow of God's wings? Are you hiding under his shadow? Are you hiding in the secret place? Are you spending time with him? He says, keep me from the wicked that oppress me, from the deadly enemies who surround me. See, God will keep you from the wicked, deadly enemies that are trying to squelch and choke out your life. They have closed up their fat hearts, this says. With their mouths they speak proudly. They have now surrounded us in our steps. They have set their eyes crouching down to the earth as a lion is eager to tear his prey. As a young lion that is lurking in secret places. See, the Bible says the enemy speaks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. See, your enemy is running around like a lion trying to devour you, tear you into pieces. But this is what David says and declares about the Lord, and I think we need to get get the same attitude. Verse 13, Arise, O Lord, confront him. God, confront our enemies. Rise up, God, confront our enemies. Cast him down. Deliver my life from the wicked with your sword, Lord. With your hand for men, O Lord, for men of the world who have their portion in his life, and whose belly you fill with your hidden treasure. They are satisfied and leave the rest of their possessions for their beds. As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. 
and I shall be satisfied when I awake in your likeness. See, we need to wake up. We need to awake. We need to awake to the glory of God. We need to wake up and get to a place where we're satisfied with Jesus. Get to a place where we see God's face because we walk in holiness. We get to a place where we're satisfied in the things of God because God is our portion. God fills our bellies with hidden treasure. And it's the same God that's going to deliver you from not only wicked people, but those enemies that have come to torment you in your own mind and in your own life and even your own struggles, your own bondages, your own addictions that you may struggle with. Only God, only the blood, only God is your salvation. And put your confidence in the Lord to confront and cast down your enemies. That the Spirit of God would rise up in you to such a degree that everything else would just fade into the background. And the purpose of God would come forth in your life. Praise the Lord. So look, that's Psalm 17. Psalm 1-7. Just wanted to share a little bit. Get you a little motivated. Look, we're going to go ahead and close, wrap up the night. We are breaking for our a song prayer speaking to the nations tonight, and we're just declaring tonight in Jesus' name, Father, let your glory come to America. Bring a great awakening to our president and our leaders, to our senators and congressmen and governors and those that uphold and keep our nation, Lord, our military, Father, those, Lord God, that are defending our nation. Father, we pray, Father, for your will to be done in your kingdom to come in your lives and in their lives, Lord, that it would come forth. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray for Australia and Alaska. Father, we pray for Hawaii and Honduras. Father, we pray for Japan, China, Singapore. Father, we lift up Russia. Father, we lift up, Lord, all those that are listening in Canada. And, Father, around the world right now, Father, I know we've got people from Russian Federation and different places, Lord, that are listening even in the last couple days. So, Father, right now we pray, Lord, your blessing upon your people. Let your glory cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. And we give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor, Lord. We're not really giving it to you. We're just acknowledging that it's yours. And we just praise you, Father. We praise you, Jesus.
Finding myself at a loss for words And the funny thing is, it's okay The last thing I need is to be heard But to hear what you would say Tonight, somebody just wants him to open up the windows of heaven for you. Let it rain. Send down your blessings, Lord. I just need you to move in this place tonight. I just need you to move in this place tonight. He's doing it right now. 
Provide for those. 